0: And welcome to another episode of The Dialogue Tree. My name is Roger Reichert. And tonight, my guest is Sally Blake. She is the senior producer at No More Robots and founder at Silent Games and Women Making Games Northeast. Welcome, Sally, to the show.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me i'm excited to talk about all the stuff i do it sounds like i do a lot when you've got three things to say <laughs> and i'll have to talk about all of them if people are interested so
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome I'm, I'm glad that we're able to connect and uh i was really excited to have you on the show so uh yeah we, we had a mutual friend and uh and you said i would love to be on the show i said cool and i'm yes. so glad to have you on so you. uh well tell us about yourself
1: so um, I've been in the industry for about eight years now. I've always loved video games since I was a kid. So, you know, I've always played games and I've always wanted to be involved in the game industry in some way, which is it's quite cool that I've always known what I wanted to do with my career because some people you know, can get a bit lost, like, oh, I don't know what to do with my life, but um yeah, yeah, I've always been interested in working in games, and I got incredibly lucky, and my first job in the industry was at Ubisoft, so I had, oh, really? I, you know, I gained tons of experience, I was there for like six years, um, working on various things, my first project was Just Dance, which was hilarious fun, Um so I was a tester on Just Dance, and one of the things that I had to do day to day was dance to all of the various songs on Just Dance, so Anytime oh, I hear awesome. a just dance song, I'm like, oh my god, that again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it plays <laughs> when I'm like at the shop, I'm just like, oh god, <laughs> that song. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was a really great experience, and yeah, I've just been been uh, working as a producer ever since. Really
0: nice, nice. Uh and and how did you? So I know you said that you started Ubisoft. Like, what inspired you to work in the game industry? What, what were, what were, what was the reason you're like, this is what I want to do? <laughs>
1: I have to say, so I played games, as I mentioned, since I was a kid, I, me yeah. and my mum used to play games together. I Aww. had a, a Sega Mega Drive okay. and we used to play Sonic and Lemmings and that kind of thing. But the game that really like spoke to me a lot was Zelda. So okay. we got an Nintendo 64. I came home home one day and I saw my brother playing Ocarina of Time and I was like, what is this game? It looks insane. And obviously now, like seeing the graphics now, you're just like, I thought that was amazing <laughs> at the time and now it's not so amazing. Um, but honestly, honestly it was super impressive at the time and just the way the story unfolded and the kind of the free roaming nature of that game i was just super inspired by that and i yeah i just got really into zelda to the point where it was a bit much (laughs) so yeah that really inspired me and i used to like draw my own characters and i designed like ui and created design documents and all this kind of stuff um i think when zelda came out i was i must have been about seven maybe seven or eight so it was very early on um that I, I developed that interest so yeah Zelda
0: that's awesome <laughs> that's, that's it, awesome. zelda's fault <laughs> that's awesome yeah. uh it, it's funny that you say that about the graphics like I grew up playing my first system I played was Atari so for me like mm-hmm. this evolution of graphics too has just it's been so interesting for it's sure. crazy
1: like I'm playing the final fantasy remake and it's yeah so beautiful and you just think about like how that looked back in the day and yeah. how far the industry has progressed it's yeah, yeah. it's just crazy <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh that game came out in co- when i was in college and i uh i put in so many hours into that game and i beat it and i'm like i don't know if i want to play the remake just because i put yeah. so many hours in it when i was in college and yeah. now as i'm an adult i don't have that
1: kind of you don't have the time no it's so so time consuming isn't it yes, so yes, yeah nice. <laughs> yeah uh
0: so you you mentioned that uh you are where well, i mentioned at the beginning of the show that you're a senior producer at no more robots uh yeah. so t- mm-hmm. tell us more about your work as a senior producer what does that all entail
1: So usually the responsibilities of a producer are to make sure that the game that you're making comes out on time, it's on budget, and it's a good quality game. Um, No More Robots is a little bit different because it's a publisher, so my responsibilities as a a producer there are a little different to some of the stuff that I've done previously. That's more about helping the development teams um, get their games through submission, making sure they're on budget, making sure they're on time. Um, And so I do a lot of communication with multiple teams um, that are working on their own games Um, and that's been really interesting interesting because I'm trying to get a game published so I'm seeing it from both sides at the moment which is a really good learning experience for me because previously as I mentioned I worked for like Ubisoft which was purely game development and it was game development over a long period of time in AAA games and independent game development is quite different as well so yeah I feel like I'm getting a good breadth of experience as a producer by being at Normal Robots. And the team are so nice. They're so friendly as well. We all work remotely. So you'd yeah. think that it'd be quite hard to like build up a good relationship with people when it's everyone's so far away. But no, we're like, we have a daily call in the morning. And it's mainly just, you know, us chat, <laughs> chatting and, you know, making jokes and stuff like that. So yeah, awesome. it's, it's been a really great team to join.
0: That's cool. And, and how did you, how did you get involved with that? Like, how did you know about like i guess this you know since it's a remote job like how did you get involved with with no more robots
1: um so i left my previous company because um i saw that no more robots had a part-time position and my ambitions were the future to were to set up my own studio and so that would allow me to to do that basically. Um, In terms of how I got into producing in the first place, originally I started as a QA tester at Ubisoft and um, one of the producers went on maternity leave and they needed someone Ah. to cover some of her responsibilities alongside another producer who was covering her as well. Um, so that's how I got some experience in production. I actually didn't know anything nice. about production or producers <laughs> or anything before I joined the game industry because nobody tells you what, what a producer is. They're all like, hey, I want to be a game designer or a programmer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, that was something I learned while I was at Ubisoft. And they gave me the opportunity then to work as a producer and learn what that meant and you know what role that was in a team. So that was yeah. really useful.
0: That's awesome. And, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming like the producer for working at like a big company where they do their in-house development, you know, versus what you're saying, like how you work with smaller studios, like what are some of the challenges then when you're working with a, uh, a studio that says, Hey, we want to produce our, we want you to produce our game. Um, and then you come on and say, Hey, I can help you with that. And I want to make sure that you're like meeting your milestones and staying on budget. What are some of the challenges with that?
1: I think um, compared to, so in a bigger studio there will be multiple producers handling different sections of the game, so you have a responsibility for a big team but it's usually a very specific section of the game, Um, whereas for an independent team I'm helping them and they don't usually have a dedicated producer um, so there's not always somebody there who's done planning in the past so there's a lot of kind of catching up to do if you're working for a team that's midway through development or doesn't have anyone that can look at um, the budgets and the you know timescales full time but it is nice to be able to help them if they haven't got anyone that's currently doing that because sometimes like I guess the perception of a producer is like I don't need that what's that for I can't see the benefit of it and, but then once you actually end up like talking to the team and helping them they're like oh this is actually pretty useful thank you for your help and stuff yeah which is nice yeah. and the whole point of being a producer is to help the team and if I do something that's you know made it easier for them or you know help them keep on track a bit more that's always really nice
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's awesome I you know I um I just I didn't just imagine like how much how difficult it must be for like a, a studio that doesn't have that and then you you know you you work with uh, somebody and you're like wow, well, this is this is something that we probably needed before we just didn't have it. And-
1: yeah it happens a lot with like both production and also QA I think
0: oh Some yeah people sure. are like
1: oh I can I can test the game myself <laughs> but when you're so close to your own game it, uh-huh. you can't test it as as a, you know you need fresh eyes on it a lot of the time you can't test it as a player would test it and QA have that specialism to be able to know what a player might do that you as a developer would never think to do because you know how to play your game. So yeah. yeah, I think QA is another one that people tend to sometimes overlook, but it's incredibly important. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Uh so we we also mentioned that you are founder at Silent Games and Women Making Games Northeast. Um so we'll start with the Silent Games. Can you tell us more about that? This is this is the studio that you founded. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what I guess what challenges in uh what did you run into in regards to creating your own studio and then what kind of games do you make with the studio
1: So I think initially so we we founded Silent Games in 2018 um, and so I'm one of the co-founders the other co-founder is Joseph Rogers and we both handle a lot of the day-to-day you know creation of the game but also the business side of things together um, and because you know we're small at the moment there's you know we've got to be frugal with our time and make sure that we're spending our time wisely but it's what I've always wanted to do I've, I've always wanted to have my own studio and I feel like I've learned a lot from Um, what I've done in my career and I feel ready to take that step now and we also had a a game concept that we really believe in and we really feel like players will really care about and like Um, and so we just felt it was the time to start that Um, at the moment we are creating a vertical slice which aims to show like how the game will play what it'll look like the game is also one of the challenges for us is that we're not a tiny indie team we're hoping to be like a double A so not triple A but not small indie team so it's like a middle ground which is a little bit more difficult to try and get the funding for that kind of game um kind of these mid tier budgets can be a little bit more difficult but um yeah i'm excited to see where it goes we're talking to publishers at the moment about the concept so um yeah we're hoping to work with a publisher moving forward on on the game concept so Yeah, it's exciting times. We've made a lot of progress over the last year. You know, we've got um, a 3D artist called Jay who's been working really hard on the 3D art and he's done a fantastic job of bringing the vision to life. We had a concept artist called Astrid who is amazing. She is super passionate about like creature design and she's Mm. done some really amazing environments and creatures for us. And we're working with someone called Sam at the moment, who's a programmer, and again, he's just done so much amazing work for us and um, getting the online. So it's a multiplayer game. So he's been doing the online multiplayer section of it, and we're just waiting to play multiplayer and see how it feels.
0: So a lot
1: of progress has been made in the last few months, and I'm excited about that.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, How many people do you have working at the studio?
1: So at the moment it's me, Joseph, Sam is a contractor, and Jay is our three D artist. And then we have other contractors helping us with bits and bobs as well. So we're fairly small at the moment while we work on the vertical slice, but we're hoping if we do get a publishing deal and we're able to ramp up we'll hire a lot more people. So nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can
0: you can you tell are you at the point where you can tell a little bit about the game or
1: Oh or- yeah, like one of our philosophies is that we're we want to be open with players about our progress and where we are with the game. So nice. the game is called A Life of Consequence. It's an action RPG and it's multiplayer and it features role based combat. So mm. for people who you know like role based combat, I think sometimes it can feel quite nostalgic, um, yeah. but it also combines it with sort of action RPG gameplay and online multiplayer. And there's a feature that I'm really excited about called Doppelgangers. And basically, oh. that feature is you can take copies of somebody else's player character, put it in your game, and play with them as AI. So wow. when you're feeling like you don't want to play fast-paced multiplayer, you just want a more chill session, then you can still play with other players that feel real and represent, you know, your friends and other players uh, in the ecosystem, um, but with a more relaxed pace. So I'm trying to make it so that it, you know, is good for all kinds of play styles. And there's a lot about the narrative on on our website as well, like the backstory. It's kind of like visually. um, So the city and the characters are like medieval. So it's set in a medieval time. But in the center of their city is this big machine which is like ancient technology from a bygone era that they don't quite understand but mm-hmm. that has quite a sci-fi looking vibe to it so it's all these medieval characters running around with these massive like sci-fi swords so I'm really happy <laughs> with kind of how the visuals have come together and people have said that you know they really like how that that looks so yeah, I'm wow. kind of excited about how that direction is going. So wow, that's yeah. awesome!
0: That sounds really amazing. I'm I'm <laughs> super excited to uh, when the final product is done. So cool! Uh, and then you're also the founder of Women Making Games Nor- e- Northeast. Can you tell us more mm-hmm. about that?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I, as most people know, um, there is like a lack of women in the game industry, and it's getting better over time. Um, so I decided to set up a networking event. Really, it's it's a series of networking events, and uh, you know a way that we can all communicate with each other and just catch up with each other really. Um, just for like other women in the industry and um, for mentoring and support and things like that and it started off as a few of us going to lunch and then it just seemed like more and more people wanted to join and now we have like wow. over a hundred members oh my and I have gosh. a really great admin team who's helped me grow everything so um, I'm really grateful to them for helping me kind of develop the group and bringing fresh ideas to it and everything as well so wow. yeah that's that's ended up like massive <laughs> and i was like oh this this is cool um, wow yeah so that was the that's, intent with that
0: <laughs> that's awesome uh how do you have time for anything for yourself <laughs>
1: I don't. I'm terrible at overscoping myself. I'm too many things. I haven't learned. So, like, I'm a producer, so I'm good at scoping everyone else's time. But when it comes to my own time, I'm just terrible. I like double book myself and just agree to do all the things. And yeah, but I. It's better than being bored. Like, yeah. I can't. I'm not like I. I'm finding quarantine quite hard because I'm stuck in the house and wow. I'm quite an active person. Like going out and meeting people, and I'm just like, this is weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So
1: yeah, I'm definitely keeping busy with all the other things that I've signed up to do. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, that actually leads into my next question. Um, mm-hmm. How has the current COVID-19 situation affected you both personally and mm-hmm. professionally?
1: I think so. With No More Robots, I work remotely anyway, so it's pretty much business as usual. In terms of silent games, we did have an office where we worked out of, um, and now we're all working remotely as well. So that's kinda of weird. I'm still having loads of calls with my friends. So um one of our character artists, Jaron, like he sets up stuff on a Friday where we can all meet up and play games together. Although I've missed the last couple of sessions, which I feel bad about. But <laughs> you know, we're trying to keep the social connections going and everything. Um, but that's been quite hard. And it's just I guess just seeing seeing the numbers of people that have not been well and I know that unfortunately um some of my friends have lost loved ones to the virus and just things like that and that's just really sad to see that happening to people I care about and you know it's just it's just an awful time for for people um yeah, but it, on the, on the flip side of that, it's really nice to see a lot of people coming together to try and look after each other. That I've seen, like in my local community, people offering to get food for people that are vulnerable and can't go outside. Um, I, my grandparents. Um, a lot of people have offered to go and get food for them, which is so nice. Like I live a couple of hours away from them, but I know that a lot of people, you know, on their street, have offered to get them food. So I just feel it's nice that people are considering others as well. Um. Well, it's a difficult time for everyone, so yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's that's one thing that I, I, I will say. I think that um it's it's heartening to see all all these people coming together and trying to help each other out. Um that's mm-hmm. that is one of the you know, to see the human the human elements come out and, and people working together is mm-hmm. is is nice during this time. So
1: Definitely, yeah. I think that's the one positive, really. You can try and glean from it, because, yeah, it's quite difficult otherwise. Mm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, what's one piece of advice that you'd give to someone who is looking to get into the gaming industry?
1: I would say that one of the things... So, I was thinking about this a lot, and one of the things that I think is really important is just learning how to work with others um because i remember being at uni and we had tons of group projects and a lot of people were like i hate group projects these are the worst things ever but the game industry is essentially a massive group project <laughs> <laughs> unless you're like a solo indie developer you, you, which you know you, you could be um yeah. but it's it is less common and so you'll find that you're always working with other people so i always encourage people to take part in projects where you'll be working with other people and understanding their work flows as well. So if you're a programmer, you'll be working with an artist and a game designer and figuring out how those dynamics work. So instead of just, you know, working away on your own skills, it's good to also know how those things work as well. And just things um, like how a studio is set up. So learning about source control, learning about how project management might work and how you might fit into those patterns and processes is useful um, aside from just being really good at what you do. Um, I think the main pitfall I see people struggle with is having kind of an unfocused approach to where they want to be in the game industry. So they'll be like, I want to be a game designer or level <laughs> designer, a narrative designer, a writer, and it's it's they're all very specific disciplines. And I think in indie, you can have a bit of a broader skill set and that's useful, but particularly for AAA they do want a bit more specialism so Mm. you know if you want to be an artist it's better to decide am I a concept artist am I a 3D artist am I a visual effects artist you know and really focus and hone in on what you really want to do and that can be quite hard to figure out while you're still at university but that's a good time to you know figure out where you're trying to go and focus in on that so that's one of the pieces of advice I wish I'd known because I am one of those people who have, has like a broad skill set, which is good for producers, actually. Um, yeah. You know, if, you've, if you know a little about a lot of things, it can be useful for QAM production. But if you do want a development role, then you need to hone in a bit.
0: Hmm. Interesting. That's good advice. Uh, so how can people follow you on social media?
1: Um, so, I'm on Twitter all the time. Most of the time, I just post absolute nonsense. <laughs> I, like, I just post memes and, like, you know, at the moment, my neighbours are being really loud. So, I'm just ranting about how loud like, my neighbours are. So, it's probably not super interesting for everybody. But um, uh, I do occasionally post about game development and things. So, yeah, my I've also got a really annoying, like, username. So, it's Vialixia, which is horrible to spell. Whenever anyone asks me, what's your username? I have to like spell it out for people. Um, But yeah, it's Bialixia. B I A L I X I A. Wow. (laughs) If people want to follow me on Twitter. (laughs) Is that a. So I have to ask, where
0: did you. Where where did you. What did you come up with that username? I had t- to ask that.
1: <laughs> so it was my Guild Wars 2 username. Oh. And I was like, what well, sounds like an RPG type thing? Like, I need a unique one because I hate having, yeah. you know, like, little like numbers and underscores <laughs> in my name. And it came from like Vial of Elixir, which is like a classic oh. RPG item. And yeah. I was like, that sounds like it could be a thing. I'll just put that in. And then I ended up <laughs> using it everywhere because it was unique. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no idea what's on the rest of the internet because I've had that username for so long. if you google me i have no idea what comes up so hopefully nothing weird (laughs)
0: nice nice well sally thank you so much for coming on the show it was a real pleasure speaking with you and and i just you know just having our chat here has it's just just so inspiring to hear like all the things that you're doing and in how passionate you are uh yeah it's just it's really cool so thank you so much
1: Thank you. And if anybody does want to reach out to me, I'm happy to, you know, if there's anyone listening that's aspiring to be in the game industry, I'm always happy to look at someone's portfolio or CV. Or if you want to message me for advice, I'm totally up for that. Because I remember being a student and people ignoring me all the time. And I was like, please tell me something about the game industry. So I try and do that if wow. people are interested. So I'd definitely be open to that. As that's well. awesome.
0: That's Just, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much. It was lovely to chat to you. Thanks.
0: And listeners, thanks for listening. And you can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, You can leave us a review on any social or any of the platforms you listen to the podcast. And if you want to send us an email, you can do so as well. And that's at info at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.